Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good day, everyone. We have been talking for this past week about integrity, and this is part of an overall series that we have called the four faces of life, the four profiles of life, that as God puts his spirit within us and he wants us to manifest his life, it'll come forth in at least four ways. And we've used this word life as an acronym, L-I-F-E, to express these four ways. The first one is love. The second I is integrity. And then we're going to speak about forgiveness and excellence. Now, the present aspect that we are speaking about is the second one, integrity. And we have spent quite a bit of time on this, a little more than what I anticipated, but this is such a vital aspect of our Christian walk. God is a God of integrity. He is consistent. He is just who he is. His very name that he told Moses was, I am who I am. God is just what you see. And as a Christian, God is making us more like himself. And that process is making us more and more honest, calling us to be just who we are, and in the process being changed. The scripture says that we are being changed from glory to glory into his image. And so we have to be honest with ourselves, honest with who we are if we're going to be changed. And we saw when we first come to God, we must come in honesty. We must confess our sins. And as we do that, his spirit enters us, regenerates us, and gives us an integral core, something that's inside of us that has integrity, that will never lead us wrong, that will always guide us right. And we need to connect with that inner core, walk in the spirit, and then we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We were sharing yesterday that we need to make an airtight commitment to integrity. This has to be a 100% commitment to 100% honesty. No breach, no holes, but having complete integrity, just as a balloon needs to have complete integrity if it's going to hold air. So our Christian walk must have integrity. And this is just an ongoing aspect of our Christian walk. Day after day, your integrity will be tested. And your success yesterday will not guarantee your success today. But I must say, as you walk in integrity, you will be strengthened and become more mature. I shared with you a few days ago about my first test in integrity as I saw a penny at the end of a pew and was tempted to just put it in my pocket but I felt I should give it to the man who was sitting in the pew, thinking it was his. And when I did, he just ruffled my hair and said, oh, that's all right, here, you keep it. And I remember walking away with the penny in my hand, but also having a good feeling inside that I had been honest. And even though it was just a penny in my young state, that was a sacrifice to be willing to give that penny up because I thought it belonged to someone else. And when I did what I knew was right, Not only did I go away with a good conscience, but I had the penny to boot. I tell you, in my own life, time after time, it was tempted. I remember being in school and getting a test back. 
And I remember as I added up the marks down the column that I realized that the teacher had added the marks wrong and she had given me a higher grade on the paper than what I deserved. And I remember wrestling inside of myself. Should I go up and say something or should I just say nothing and have the higher mark? And finally, I did go up to the teacher and she added it up and she said, oh, you're right, I did add wrong. And she marked my paper lower. Now, part of me had wished she had said, and I'll give you the extra marks for honesty, but she didn't. But it didn't really matter because I went back to my seat and I had my integrity. Over and over, I have been tested along this line. I think we've all experienced when we paid a bill at a restaurant or some establishment and we get our change back. And then you look and you realize that they gave you more money back than what you deserved. And I've actually walked to the car and sat there and looked at the money in my hand and all kinds of reasoning goes through your mind. Well, they overcharged anyway and so it doesn't matter just to get it a little cheaper. Or sometimes people rationalize, well, they have insurance that covers these kind of things. It's all sort of worked into the price. They know that there's going to be mistakes, and so it's all in the price. You know, the mind can do a thousand and one things to justify dishonesty. I remember one time walking back into the store and saying, you know, you made a mistake here. And I remember the person started to argue a little bit, thinking that they had given me less and I was wanting more money. And I said, oh, no, no, it's not that you didn't give me enough money. It's that you gave me too much money, and I owe you $5. She stood there and was just stunned that I had given her the money back. She couldn't believe that someone would return and actually give her money because they had received too much. Sometimes after the fact, I will realize that someone has given me too much money, and I think to myself, oh, you know, it's, it's not that much. It's not worth the trouble to go all the way back and make this right. And here's the test that I'll use for myself. I'll think, if it was the other way around and they had cheated me out of this amount of money, would I think it be important enough to go back? And so I'll trudge back and I'll make it right with the person. All of these things are speaking about integrity. Now, I've told you some of the incidences where I was successful in maintaining my integrity. Let me share one with you where I wasn't so successful. And thankfully, this was back a number of years ago, because I would hate to say that this just happened recently. But I was selling a television that I had, and I had put it in the paper. But it was an older television, and it took about five minutes for the picture to come on once you turned it on. But once the picture came on, it was fine. And this television was part of a number of articles that I had for sale in the paper, and an individual came by and looked at it. And what I had done when the person came by is that I had turned the television on earlier so that when the person came by it was already warmed up and they would see the picture and I remember thinking to myself you know I probably should tell the person that uh, it takes a while for it to warm up but I thought well what does that make any difference it's on loaded this being what it is and I sold them the television but you know that's bothered me ever since and I realized I was dishonest there was something that I was hiding I was deceptive. I'm telling you some of my experiences. Perhaps they will register with you and help you. I remember one time a few years ago driving down to Tennessee, and I was driving along, and I was going 15 or 20 miles over the speed limit, and that's how I was usually traveling. And I remember being convicted in my conscience that I was actually breaking the law 
by exceeding the speed limit. And I wrestled with it for a while, and finally I just took my foot off the accelerator, and I just allowed the car to slow down to the speed limit, and I continued along. And it's amazing to me how God will underline this to us. Kay, my wife, was sitting beside me in the car, and as soon as I took my foot off the accelerator and started to slow down, she said to me, what's wrong? What are you slowing down for? And I realized I had to tell her what I was thinking. And I said, well, I just feel convicted. I need to slow down and travel the speed limit. Now, that was important because, you see, the next time I was in the car and speeding, I realized she would say to me, I thought God convicted you about speeding. You know, God is really good to us in these points. He knew I was going to need that little bit of accountability that she would give me. You know, that brings us to the final point I'd like to share with you today. And that is that we really do need others to walk in integrity. We do need to confess our faults one towards another. James 5 and verse 16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. This verse connects wholeness with confessing our faults one toward the other. And I have found over the years that when I try to hide my sins, keep them secret, I do not have much success overcoming them. But when I confess them to someone else, when I share them with someone else, that it enables me to overcome. Now, this is exactly what Proverbs 28 and verse 13 says. It reads, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. What we have been sharing is that to have integrity, you must live up to what you know or freely confess to others where you fall short. That is how you maintain your integrity, not trying to be something that you're not. And when we fall short, we need to be open and confess those sins. If you don't, you will not prosper. And the last part of the verse says, But whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. You know, many people have trouble forsaking their sins. They have sins that they are constantly struggling with, and they find a hard time forsaking them. I believe the secret is in this verse. This verse connects confessing and forsaking. I believe that many times we cannot forsake our sin because we have not confessed it. Now, you may have confessed it to God, and that is good as far as forgiveness goes. But many times the key to forsaking a sin is confessing it to someone else, confessing your fault to some other individual who you trust and will pray with you and help you to live up to what you know you should do. For the last number of years, I've been part of an accountability group with three other pastors. And every time we get together, we ask each other these questions and we answer them. And here's the questions we answer. Have you spent adequate time in Bible study and prayer? Have you been faithful in giving a tithe of your income to the church? Have you exposed yourself to any sexually explicit material? Have you given priority time to your family? Have you spoken negatively of any person? Have you related to a member of the opposite sex in any way that might be seen as compromising? Have any of your financial dealings lacked integrity? Have you hurt or been hurt by anyone? Have you fulfilled the responsibilities of your calling? And number 10, 
Have you just lied to me? We go over these questions every time that we get together. And I tell you, we have had times of confession, times of prayer, times of counsel, and they have all worked for our benefit. Being part of a group like this has helped me to maintain my integrity over the years. I encourage you to take the steps you need to to walk in integrity. While our time is gone for today, I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Before I go, the material I'm covering now on the program is from my book, Is There More to Life Than Living? It is available for purchase on Amazon or from the church office. Get it for yourself or to pass on to a friend. Life and Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. But as you know, we are not meeting there right now due to the coronavirus. Instead, we are streaming our Sunday service online starting at 10.30. Go to our website at kwcf.org to check out all the details. We are living through difficult times right now, but the Bible tells us to cast all of our care on Him, for He cares for us. So till next time, let God keep your life in balance.